This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Hello, it's Mr. Adam X. It's the Pursuit Podcast. You're listening on the one, the only, the out of collective. My guest this week, you know, I guarantee you, you've seen TikToks, you've seen Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, Red Bull TV clips of this athlete. It's the one, the only, Ellie Smart. And that might that name might not ring a bell because you don't even know who the person is, but I guarantee you, you've seen her clips. She is a professional high diver, cliff diver. I'm talking jumping from 20 meters, 27 meters, over 60 feet, doing kickflips and shit in the air. And such a fun conversation. I was so stoked to, to, to get Ellie as a guest. I reached out, you know, it's summertime. What do we do in the summer? We jump off cliffs, we go swimming, and we just have a riot. So I got Ellie on, and we just, it was such a natural, fun conversation. It gets deep right off the bat. You know, we talk about what it is to be a professional cliff diver, and like, what a crazy kind of concept that is to have that be a professional sport. And it is. It's just that. It's a competition. It's not a showcase. They are judged it's just like gymnastics and you know we talk about the mental of how much you know how much time and thought goes into uh literally two less than two second run to show everything you've worked for you have two seconds so it's it's super fun uh a total change of pace from our from my normal guests there is no normal guests and that's my favorite thing about the pursuit so ellie thank you so much for being on the show Thank you for telling your stories. And, you know, I got to give it I got to give it up to the listeners, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you could do me a favor, leave a review. Go on the little, uh, you know, YouTubes or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Leave a review. Say, you know, mention the pursuit. Mention at Mr. Adam Max. Slide to my DMs. You know, I'll send you a care package. I don't know what I have, but I'll, you know, I'll bribe you for some for some reviews. Let's do it. Let's do the damn thing. But anyway, Ellie's a rock star. Such a fun conversation and a total change of pace. I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a good way. I just mean it like I don't get to talk to cliff divers. I've got dumb questions. I want to I want them answered. And it was just fun. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Oh my gosh, that is a big question. I think there's not really like a definition. I feel like I'm like evolving and changing and different versions of myself every day. I like look back on last week and I'm like, wow, I've learned so much in one week. Like I'm definitely not the same version of myself. I will say I did listen to a podcast once that talked about finding your like life philosophy and starting with putting it down in a paragraph and then getting it to 25 words and then trying to get it as small as you can. And so I would say my philosophy of Ellie Smart is like, let there be light. Like I want to bring light to the world. Um, and that's that's my goal. So didn't totally answer your question, but that's the best version of it that I have. I like that. How do we How do we bring light to the world? I mean, you just be a good person. It's sad, but it's like, it's hard these days. We get so wrapped up in life and social media and getting places faster that we forget to like smile at strangers and be kind and like just be present. And it's something I've been working on a lot and like just trying to bring like a smile to someone's face or, you know, 
make the day or the situation or just something a little bit better, like that has a ripple effect and it's, it's not that hard to do. Yeah. I love that you said be present because it's one of the hardest things to do in our current world. Like iPhones, you know, how do you find time to be present all while being an athlete? Because like so much of being an athlete is being a social media star, unfortunately. Totally. Totally. It's I have such a battle with social media personally because it's like I'm not in a sport that's super well known. So I also feel the responsibility to spread the word about my sport and kind of be a a mentor, you know, share it with the world so that it it can grow and continue to grow. And to do that, you have to have social media. So I go back and forth. There's times I post a lot and there's other times I don't, but I really try to like ask myself like, or look, or look at what I'm posting as like a journal of like, what would I want to look back on and and see that I did or what advice would I want to give or, you know, who would I want someone to go online? Like I, I think about like little girls, like when I grew up, there wasn't really an athlete that I was like, yes, I want to be just like her. Or, you know, there, there just wasn't that one like mentor person for me growing up that I looked up to. And so for myself, I, I definitely want to try to lay a foundation so younger athletes you know, understand that winning's not everything. Being a good person's important. And, you know, you don't have to be crazy on social media. Just be yourself. I, there are a lot of things came to my mind of things I've seen that people do to get attention. And, and it's sad. I think some of it, because the people that do things for attention usually aren't that good at stuff. That's true. Like, I don't mean that, that in true. a bad way, but that's how no they way. can do it. Like, there are plenty of just straight up influencers that probably aren't really that like technically good at like being an athlete. We'll just say from an athletic standpoint, but they're like really good at entertaining, which is like pranks or just, I don't know, whatever. Which is a super cool skill in itself. Like I have to say, I watched a Jake Paul documentary recently. I don't know. Have you watched it? Not yet. The untold one. Yeah, but like him coming from being kind of social media star to now like actually a professional athlete that is like good. I was I was very shocked. I didn't know his story. So I will admit that I judged him ahead <laughs> of getting to know him. I do wonder he's if he's I haven't watched it yet and like everyone hates Jake Paul and Logan Paul and I think they just hate him because it's easy, right? Like there's these two like fantastically great looking blonde hair, pretty probably blue eyed humans. They're both like just jacked. Like they're good looking humans. And now they're like trying to be like professional athletes. And then Jake Paul like knocks somebody out and everyone's like, it's fake. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Knock somebody out. Like you got to have some skill to make that happen. I have no idea. And like, I do know, I think I know that like what Jake Paul has done for boxing already, like getting pay- people getting paid and like he's using his platform for some type of good. He's also like lining his pockets, but I'm fine with that. Like get paid. But I think like everyone on his like card gets paid like a really good rate, which is always like, yeah. like you're easy to hate, but at least you're, pretending to do something good and maybe he is all good i have no idea 
Yeah. And it's Logan, fascinating. Logan Paul's a wrestler now, like WWE. It's wild. It's always, I mean, you have to, like, for me at least, you have to respect the grind. Like, you can't just get there without grinding. So those boys grind. They might put one thing on social media, but they have to grind to get there. And they don't have to do that. That's what, like, everyone's mad at Jake Paul. Logan. This is not a Jake Paul, Logan Paul podcast. But everyone's no, mad he- at him for, like, doing whatever they're doing. Like, even if it is fake, he doesn't have to go box. And, like, the wrestling thing, like, I love wrestling. Full disclosure, I'm a dork. But he doesn't have to do it. He's, like, jumping off ladders and stuff. Like, you can only fake. It's choreographed. You still have to do it. Like, a stuntman still has to do this stunt. It's fake. It's choreographed. But, like, stuntmen get hurt. Stuntwomen get hurt. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um Ellie, what do you, you didn't even tell us what you do. What do you do? You're a professional athlete in what sport? Let's get to that. Yeah, I'm a professional cliff diver. Like, no one knows that's a thing, but <laughs> it is. I jump off cliffs and high things for a living, and I get paid to do it, and it's amazing. And I get to travel the world, and I'm so grateful. How does one – I mean, you don't have to take me back to, like – I was three years old and I went swimming. You don't want to know the whole story. Like, do we not have to deep, deep dive? But like, how does one become a professional cliff diver? So I would say you could ask all 24 of us who are permanent athletes on the series, like how we became cliff divers and you will almost get 24 different stories. We're at a really unique point point in the sport where it's starting to develop and change. But, you know, when I uh, started cliff diving, I had grown up doing traditional diving. I dove in college, NCAA, um, retired, never thought I'd put a swimsuit on again. I actually was like working in fashion. I did an internship in Barcelona, like total girly girl, like jumping off a cliff was not going to be something that I was going to do. And then best friend at the time was like, let's go cliff jumping. And I was like, this is stupid. No way. Long story short, I obviously went with her and here we are today, but I I literally just jumped off a cliff and it was like an aha moment. It was like, oh my gosh, I've been training my whole life for diving and I never made my dream come true, but maybe it was all preparing me for a very different dream than I could have ever imagined. And it was awesome. And after I jumped off that first cliff, there was no training facilities. There was really no way to like learn how to get into the sport. So I... Instagram, social media, one good perk of it. I like looked up the hashtag like cliff jumping and like (laughs) I found all the guys around the US that jump off cliffs and I sent them DMs and I'm like, hey, can I like hang out with you and like learn to jump off cliffs with you? And so I look back, I still have nightmares. There are some cliffs I climbed and like I had no business being up there or jumping these things and just showed up with these strangers and learned and then figured it out. And here we are now. It's like actually my job, which is wild. But on the other hand, you have some people that joined like Cirque du Soleil and, and did things like that. You have gymnasts, you have, there's a couple athletes that actually never dove or did gymnastics or did anything. And as adults, like 20 year olds were like, I'm going to learn how to do this. And then they've literally learned how to do it. And they're the best in the world. So it's wild. We all have different stories. It seems very stressful like they're not like i've jumped off cliffs i'm not a cliff 
diver. I'm not a cliff. I don't know. I'm just like, it's something that most people would relate to just like a swimming hole. Yeah. But you're jumping. How high is this? These are dumb, but like, is there a standardized height? Yes. So for competition height, there's two basic ways that we describe how like cliff diving, it's also known as high diving is different than Olympic traditional 10 meter diving. And that is one, we, the women double the height. So we compete from 20 meters and two, we land on our feet. We don't land hands first. We got to protect the neck and the, the body. Do a lot of people get hurt? Like I'm like, just like, thinking about all this like live. So I apologize for my delays, but this is a danger. How high is 20 meters in feet? Give me feet. 20 meters is about 66 feet. No, thank you. That's a building. Yeah. It's it's pretty high. It's like a six story building. I will say, I get asked this question a lot. Like, you know, oh, you must just be an adrenaline junkie or, or whatever. Like, I don't like heights. I actually hate water. I hate getting wet. <laughs> the weirdest thing um like not a fan if i can't see my feet and it's not like a pool like under me i really don't like it it's scary there's monsters in the water and stuff that <laughs> can eat you but um so for me it's like it's not even it's not like oh my gosh here's something high i want to go jump off of it it really is that like internal battle of being so afraid of doing something and then like working up the courage to do it and then doing it and then that come down feeling of like, oh my gosh, I just did this thing I really didn't think I could do. And that feeling, it just, it pushes you forward as a human to like break your boundaries and and, and keep going and see what you're capable of. So for, for a lot of us, we're not crazy adrenaline junkies that just want to jump off anything because we feel like it. There's a, there's a lot more to it that, that keeps us coming back. Coming from diving, where I presume you land head first, Hands first. Yes. And now going to high diving. Are we calling it high diving? Cliff diving. Is that a hard mental switch? Like you're, that's a, that's a full rotation. Yeah. For me, to be honest, I had a, I had a nickname DB for my first season degree of butt because I would land on my butt so much and, or I'd be either be on my face or my butt and I landed I landed so bad for so long. Like I never thought I'd figure out how to land on my feet. Right. But after a couple years of, of landing wrong, it, we figured it out. I, there's gotta be high consequence in landing wrong. Like there, there is. And, and I've seen a lot of not very fun accidents. I've, I've had a friend, friends have to be airlifted out. Like there, there are some pretty serious consequences. I will say when I look at the sport as a whole, um, there's serious consequences in everything you do, even the NFL, like they're running, they're hitting each other. Like there is that rare occasion people, you know, in the NFL get paralyzed or have, you know, really severe brain damage or things like that. So I, I don't look at, cliff diving is any more dangerous than any other professional sport because we don't go up there unless we are so sure in our abilities and what we can do. And, and you have to be really dialed into what, what you're doing, what trick you're performing, you know, your mental headspace and everything. But obviously there still are those moments where, you know, you take a risk and, and the reward isn't there and it doesn't and some severe injuries. 
how does one train for this? There's no, there's no practice lap. Yeah. Well, so now it's actually interesting. We're having some, so high diving, which is a, a version of cliff diving just off of a platform, um, kind of same rules and everything though, but it's being pushed to be added in the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. So the sport is growing and developing and training facilities are starting to pop up around the world. I'm here in Fort Lauderdale. The city of Fort Lauderdale just built a 27 meter platform. So we have very ideal learning conditions. You can go from 10 meters to 15 meters to 20 meters to 24 to 27. So you can work your way up, which is, you know, brand new. So there's a whole new generation of athletes that are coming in and having this opportunity to train, have coaches. Like when I started, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have really anything. I just had to like huck and hope, basically <laughs> we say. Um, but now it's very different how they're learning. And, and I'm a coach myself. So I've, I'm watching how I'm coaching my athletes and, and teaching them and just looking at how different that journey was. So it's, it's fascinating. It's a really interesting time in the sport. What's be like, am I hitting perfect landing? Am I like toes pointed? Am I toe? Am I flat footed? Like what is, I guess, what's the ideal jump? Like I, I, I start at the top, I'm on a platform, I'm not on a diving board. It's platform. It's all platform, right? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes cliffs, but yes. <clears throat> or, or cliffs. Platform, I mean, cliffs. yeah. <laughs> do I have shoes on? Am I barefoot? Again, I'm asking dumb questions, but I, I, it's such a new sport, and people yeah. have been doing it forever. But it's a new sport. It's a new, you know. Obviously, we'll talk about Red Bull because they've really. I'm sure helped like really put this on the map, but like, am I barefoot? Am I wearing Crocs? Like what? Like, am I wearing a baggy suit to like, and I know some of these answers, but like to absorb some of it, like what's the perfect jump and what can be expected to be done? Like flips wise. Yeah. So basically you, it's you and a swimsuit is really all you have no shoes no anything just you and your swimsuit for the women you know some compete in two pieces some wear one pieces for the men most of them are in speedos so practically naked if you watch them and um yeah it's really just you and the environment and that's about it so no shoes nothing like that and then we're judged on three different areas. So you have your takeoff, which is how you actually leave the cliff or the platform. And then you have in the air. So that's all the flips and the tricks that you do in the air and how pretty and gracefully you do them. And then the third and final part is the entry, how clean you get through the water. So just like traditional diving, the, the main goal is you don't want to make a splash. And how you do that, you actually flat feet. A lot of people think pointed but you do have flat feet when you hit the water. And the, the ultimate goal is to have that perfect 10 entry where you kind of combine the beginning, the middle and the end for a perfect dive. And that's what we all strive for is that perfect 10. Is the water aerated? Is that the right term? Yeah. Um, no, but I will say we dive in a lot of different kinds of water. So sometimes we're in the open ocean and there's waves. Sometimes we're in a quarry, which, you know, flat, cold, still water. And it, it makes a huge difference. Um, cold, 
cold water is very hard. So the impacts feel way harder. Same, like same with still water. Whereas if you're, at least for me, I find when I'm diving into the ocean and there's some waves and it's salt water and it's a little more aerated, um, that's a way softer impact. So jumping from 20 meters can feel very different on your body, depending on what type of water you're actually jumping into. Is 20 meters like that? I know that's like the industry standard, like that's competition height. I know you're not an adrenaline junkie, but like, do you go for higher? Is that like a trend in this like cliff diving world? Like how high can we go? So there's, what's unique is we have like two different parts of this world right now. There, There's that really competitive side that's very standardized where, you know, the women are at 20, the men are at 27. And then there's kind of this more freestyle community where people are pushing the boundaries a little bit more. So when I first started, I would jump higher than, the, so really in Red Bull cliff diving, we, we're anywhere from 20 to 22 meters. It does range a little bit just based on locations. But um, when I first started, like I would push it close to 27 meters. Um, I used to have a goal of jumping over 100 feet. I don't know if I want to do that anymore, but maybe I'll never say never. Uh, so there's definitely like a, a group of people that are still pushing kind of that limit height wise and trying to go higher. And then there's the the group of people who are really trying to push the standardized standardized height, but seeing how many flips and twists and tricks they can get into that height. So what's a first place? What do you call them? Run, jump, first place, dive, dive. What's a first place dive look like? Oh, it just depends. I mean, a first place dive is really, you know, you have a great takeoff, you jump high, you, you know, have pretty lines, pointing toes, all, all of those things. And then you just have that perfect rip entry and you, you don't make even one drop of water. And that's how you get that perfect end. I guess my question is like, what 20 meters, what trick are we doing? So it depends. I mean, everyone, so we, we compete four dives. Um, we have a voluntary, which means like an easy kind of simple, basic dive. Then we do an intermediate dive. So you step it up and it's a little bit harder, but not too hard. And then we finish with two optional dives. So these are your choice. I mean, they're all for your choice. You'll see divers do different dives. Um, but the last two are the hard you know, really fitting in as much as you can. So every every diver has a different list. Um, like there's no other diver on the tour that competes um, my same four dives and and same with everyone else. There's, there's a couple of people that have the same list, but for the most part, it's really just on your skills and, and what you're good at. So like for me, I like to twist. I do a lot of twists. Um, I, the number two in the world, Molly Carlson, she loves to flip. So she does a quad she does quad somersaults, so four flips, and I do a quad twist, so four twists. So what we do is very, very different and takes a totally different, like, skill set to be able to do it. I'm stressed. I'm very stressed about this. <laughs> this seems like – so let me ask you this. Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series, Red Bull Cliff Diving, that had to have just – like beamed the trajectory of this sport. I mean, Red Bull put cliff diving on the map. I mean, historically, like people have been jumping off cliffs forever. You know, they're ancient 
stories of people doing it from all around the world. But really as a sport, Red Bull put it on the map. They, you know, invested in hosting one-off competitions. And then eventually that grew into a tour, which is now what we see today, Red Bull cliff diving. And it's really revolutionized the sport. And, and without Red Bull, like I wouldn't have my job. Most of us wouldn't have our jobs. Like Red Bull really, really put it on the map. And we're so grateful for that. And they pay. Like, I don't, you don't have to tell me finances, but like they've made it sustainable. Yeah. I mean, we get to travel the world, go places we would have never gone. Um, and we get paid to do it at the end of the day. I mean, how much you get paid depends on how well you do. So you can have a really good year, you can have a really bad year, but, um, you also get to travel the world and meet all these people and see different cultures and just experience things you may, may have never experienced. And so for me, it's, it's worth it. And then what's the other, what's the other option? Like there's Red Bull cliff diving and then there's what? So there's a couple different options. Um, if you're into, you know, high diving and cliff diving, the there's a bunch of shows around the world so like Cirque du Soleil has high diving the Royal Caribbean the cruise ships actually have a high diving show on the cruise ship so I have some friends who live and work on the cruise ships um and and those are you know very like stable jobs like in a way like nine to five but like you're working on a cruise ship so I guess you can't really say nine to five um but but people choose that over competing because there is a little bit more like consistency and number of competitions and, and knowing kind of, you know, how much money you're going to make at the end of the year. It's not as much of a, a, a risk. Yeah, less performance based. Exactly. And your competition through and through. That's your bread and butter. Yeah, I always have been. Um, I just... I think shows are awesome. Like I love watching all my friends um, in it, but I just, I personally have never been able to see myself be in a show. It's just not something like I could see myself doing. So I've always, always stuck with the competitions, but yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm in this transition phase. I mean, I'm, I'm not done diving at all, but I also just love hosting the competitions. Like it's just watching the sport grow right now is so fun. Ellie Smart announces retirement. Yeah, That's... no, not yet. Don't worry, you guys. I have a few more things to accomplish before that. Um, if it does become an Olympic sport, will you go for it? Of course. I mean, it's always been my dream to go to the Olympics. And I think right now I actually have a, an athlete. Her name's Maya Kelly. I've been working with her since her very first day ever of diving. And now she's like competing alongside me, which is crazy to be like a coach and an athlete in the same event. And it's wild, but... I always say, you know, if I don't go as an athlete, I'll, I'll go as a coach. So I'll be there one way or another. You will be there no matter what. Yes. Hopefully competing. <laughs> that, that, that's the goal. Is there a shelf life? Like, obviously, there's shelf you know, life, but like. It's really interesting. Like, with high diving, the, you know, with gymnastics and normal diving is kind of um, the age is getting a little bit older and older, but. You know, in gymnastics, it's like you peak at 16. They're, you know, you're usually pretty young, they say. Whereas in high diving, like the best men and women in the world are in their 30s and, and doing it, you know, even pushing their mid, late 40s because it really is a mental sport. Um, you get to a point where physically you can do it in your sleep in a, in a way. And it, who's mentally toughest? Who can 
you know, deal with the conditions. I mean, there's sometimes where we're diving and it's like, I mean, I don't know if it's actually 50 miles an hour wind, but it feels like it. You're like, you don't feel like you can stand on the platform. And so there's so many different conditions that like play a factor in how well you compete that people don't even necessarily think of, which which makes, you know, those experienced divers that are on the older side, well, I say older, they're not old at all, but um, older than the, the brand new ones that are coming in and it's yeah, it's fun to see. And it's fun to see kind of what this what's going to happen with this next generation and how long everyone's going to go for. What does a competition day look like? You wake up, what time are you waking up? So it totally depends. I mean, sometimes we compete and it's at like 4 5 p.m. in the evening. Um, other times we have competed and we've had to get up at five in the morning because the tide and the waves and the everything and the weather was only going to be good from this like little period from like seven to eight 30. So it, it really, we never know what's going to happen this season. We've actually, our first three competitions, we had weather like interferences. So what we thought was going to happen didn't happen and we had to change it up. But normally we compete two dives on the first day. And then on the second day, the finale, we compete another two dives, which are those two optional harder dives. Um, so normally for me, like I, I've changed my routine a lot. Um, I used to come into it when I was younger, like so hyped, like, let's go, like really excited, listen to rap music, to everything, get pumped up. And then I just would dive terribly. So now I'm like, totally on the other end of it, like meditation, like sleeping in, like, listening to like a podcast or a sermon in the morning and really like keeping myself calm is, is what I do now. Um, and I, I hate it. I'm a very like social person. I love talking. I love, you know, being around, I love running around and being busy. And so competition days for me are like so horrible because I like force myself to be like a little more secluded and like try to be like quiet and not talk as much and stay calm so hard for me to do but it is when i perform better is when i do that so we're gonna keep doing it until it doesn't work and you're it's two jumps two dives i mean it's this sounds terrible but it's less than 20 seconds of oh it's i mean it's six seconds determines a lot six seconds total right that's two jumps yeah i mean each dive is around really like two seconds so Two and a half seconds. Holy cow. Like five seconds of your day determines a, a lot of things about how your future is going to look. And how's the audience been? Like, is it like, are we going to see trading cards? Are they, I mean, it's a spectacle. Like it is, it's one of those things that you need to know nothing about to be like, holy shit. Like this is, yeah. this is insane. I would say the audience is crazy um, and it in such a fun way. Like we'll be in Italy and there'll be almost 50,000 people that come out and watch and you literally have like a bodyguard that takes you up to the platform. Like it's insane. Um, and, and some, and then other places it's like, no one really cares and it's very small crowd and, and whatever. But I mean, for the most part, anyone who's who I've talked to that's come to an event and know nothing about it before, like you were saying, like they walk away just thinking it's so cool. I mean, you're basically just watching humans throw themselves off to a ton of flips and 
twists and, and try to hit the water well, like most people can gauge, like, did they hit the water well or not? They might not be able to count how many flips and twists they did, but from an, like a viewer spectator perspective, like it's, you don't have to know much about it to enjoy it and, and have a good time watching it. I'm, I just keep saying I'm stressed. Cause I just keep thinking about this and I keep thinking about the height and like, the art of performing and performing one, you know, at a private pool in Florida versus like on some like janky scaffolding <laughs> in like Boston. I think they do one in Boston, right? Let's say Boston. Yeah, we do one in Boston. Yeah. Like those are different things. Oh, they're totally different. It feels like two different sports sometimes. I mean, you have the the platforms and and everything that's super secure, and you're in a pool, and it's it's so safe feeling in a way. Like the consequences don't feel as high. And then other times, you know, you're thrown onto these. You know, they build a thirty meter platform, thirty meters in the air, off of a you know art museum or or somewhere <laughs> crazy, and you're like walking out there like more scared about the walk out to the end of the platform than you are the actual dive once you get there. And so it, it totally feels like two different sports sometimes. And there's no elevator to the top. No, I've been putting that like requested for a while, but they're like, you're going to keep walking forever. That's just part of it. Unfortunately, I, what's what country receives it the best? Ooh, I mean, Italy, we've been there 10 times in the same place. And it's it's really like an iconic location to go to. And, and people travel from all over to come watch it. Same with uh, Mostar in Bosnia. There's a lot of history behind the bridge we jump off of. I'm actually headed there next week for, for our fifth stop of the tour this year. And so there's a lot of history and a lot of people come out to see it, which is is really interesting and really cool. But it's fun watching it kind of grow in every place, like Boston and the U.S. I think in the U.S. is sort of starting to become a little more respected and well-known. And it's not just like crazy people like chucking themselves off things. It's like, oh, this is like people train for this. This is like what they do for a living. And so it's fun to watch it grow, especially here in the United States. How many stops are there? It depends on the year. This year we have six stops with Red Bull and then, you know, there's usually five to 10 independent competitions that you can also join into. So I personally will probably end up doing, you know, eight to 10 competitions this season. I would love to see like a nice, like pie chart of all of the time. And then it's like competition, 60 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Travel like hours upon hours, training, you know, days upon days, actual competition, 60 seconds. Yeah, it's it's really, it's wild. And I think for me, I, I always joke that I'm like the least competitive professional athlete on the planet because like I get no joy out of like beating someone else. Like it just does not fulfill me or is like not rewarding. And like, I get so anxious that like there are judges that sit there and get to tell me if I did a good job or not. Like, I hate that. Like the concept of like five humans watching me and telling me like my journey of getting to this point and overcoming all my struggles to do this dive that, you know, they don't know everything that goes into it or what's going on in your personal life or whatever. But for me, I'm like, it's such like an emotional 
journey that like I really struggle with the competing aspect of it because like I hate the fact that like five humans get to decide if I did a good job. Like I hate it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know you that well. We've been talking for 34 minutes, but like sounds like you're in the wrong sport, Ellie. Like I don't know therapists, but like you hate competition, you hate heights. <laughs> like do you like flying? Like is that part okay? Like you don't want to beat yeah. other people. I'm not saying nothing, but like maybe you should do something else. No, I don't. I just. I am gonna try to. Uh, I'm gonna get certified in skydiving, so that's the the next journey. So I feel like see. that'll be easy for you. Like air control is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a skydiver, but it seems like it's a lot of the actual sport is being in control. Yeah, I think for me, I just. What I love about it and what brings me back is it it really is this like concept of like overcoming your fears and like pushing yourself to your personal limits. And I think we get so tied into that everyday life of like things have to be this way and you have to do it in this order and you know, you have to go to your nine to five and then you have to go, you know, be polite to these people and have dinner with them, even though you absolutely <laughs> despise them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like life is just so routine sometimes. And I think cliff diving and really gives me this perspective that breaks up that like mental construct and forces me to like, look at things differently. And I'll never forget when I did my first high dive, it was like, I can do anything. Like if I could leave cliff diving and I could become a doctor or I could become a lawyer or I could become, it was just like that unlocking something in myself that I didn't know I was capable of is, is why I keep coming back. So, you know, for me, yeah, I don't love competing. I hate the concept of it. Um, but like, but getting to travel to these places and like overcome these challenges in a way and like deal with, you know, new cliffs, new locations, new circumstances, new, new things and, and push myself to my boundaries of like what I'm capable of doing. I think it just, I wish like everyone could feel that in their life because it's incredible. Yeah. And it's just incredible that you one had the opportunity and two took the risk because like people yeah. don't always see that. Like you took a risk going to that first competition Totally. And I mean, it's, it's calculated risks too. And I, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, we can always go back to what we were doing. It's, it's usually that well, usually be there. So, you know, if usually. you leave it and you go try, I mean, I don't want to say always. And then someone listens to this and they're like, that other smart girl told me that my job would still be there if I left, but you know, you can usually go or find a similar <laughs> lifestyle to what you were living. So if you choose to leave it and, and pursue something different, um, I don't see how, how anything too bad can come of that. If anything, you grow and you, you know, become a, a better person. So if you didn't go to this cliff diving competition, this first one that your friend calls you and says, hey, let's go. What is Ellie doing? So at the time I was super torn between like, do I want to kind of continue on this like fashion, like whatever, like girly girl type of life. Um, or I was really into sports psychology, I think as an athlete growing up myself, um, you know, I dealt with a lot of the things, unfortunately, a lot of like female athletes, you know, deal with like 
eating disorders, things like that, the pressure of all of it. And, and so for me, I really wanted to become a sports psychologist and, and work with athletes who, you know, were struggling with depression, anxiety, you know, eating disorders, things like that. That's really like the other option that I saw in my life going down. And I actually started my, my master's and um, was going to do that. And then cliff diving just worked out. That's amazing. That's, do you think that prepared you? Cause you went to school, you've got your bachelor's, yeah. you started your master's. Do you think that prepared you for what you're doing now? Definitely. Like it, it taught me, it taught me a lot and just understanding sports psych and understanding like why I felt the way I felt or like why I got so nervous or, or even like the like neuroscience behind like nerves and excitement, like being like scared and being excited like your body like physiologically produces the same exact response and it's like how we mentally choose to interpret that response is like our choice like we can look at it like oh my gosh my palms are sweaty i'm so excited i can't wait to do this or it's like oh my god my palms are sweaty i can't do this i need to run away um so like learning those kind of things like helped me a lot to be able to continue to push the limits of my sport and, and learn new dives and try new things and um, and see what Ellie Smart was capable of. Yeah, let's all let's just talk about ourselves in the third. That's what we're going to do for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> no, I like that. And sometimes you need to like it is like it's not what I'm capable of. It's what Adam Adam is capable of. And sometimes that helps the psyche. Just like totally, I don't know. It separates it sometimes because we're such cheerleaders for our friends. Oh yeah, but- like if we could just take our own advice. <laughs> Oh. Imagine what we could accomplish. Uh, yeah, it would be. I don't know what I'd probably be doing the same thing, honestly. But <laughs> it sounds like you took your own advice, so that's that's. I mean, that's best case. That's basic best case uh, scenario. I want to talk about this Skyfall tour. Do you? You're involved in it more than just yes. an athlete stance. Yes. So you, I. Uh, Long story short, I mean, I, I kind of explained to you guys, I got my start with the freestyle cliff jumping community. So those guys are who taught me everything I know about, you know, depth checking, like, how do you figure out how to get out of a, you know, a canyon or like, make sure because you can jump in the water. But like, if you don't know how to get out, it's just as bad as landing wrong. Like you're stuck down there and you don't have a cell phone. You don't have anything. Um, so I've always been, you know, pretty good friends with with uh, the freestyle community. And actually during COVID, I, I was like, okay, high diving is like the last thing that's going to come back. It's, you know, 24 athletes from almost 24 different countries meeting in one country. Like that is not going to come back anytime soon. So I actually got a full-time job. I was a partnerships manager. I manage athletes at, at this company and it was in Park City, Utah. So I just happened to be out there meeting everybody and saw the Utah Olympic Park and they used to have this rock wall there that was like 50 feet tall. And so I messaged them like, hey, can I jump off the top of your rock wall because I'm moving to Utah and I need to train just in case, you know, I have a job, another job <laughs> this summer. And they're like, well, we would totally let you, but we're not putting it up anymore. And so that's when I had my first thought, like, let's let's build a high diving tower. Let's just do it. And so I reached out to them and I'm like, okay this is crazy, but like, will you let me build a high diving tower? And it was the first one in the US and somehow it came together and we, we built a high diving tower at the Utah Olympic Park in 
and it was incredible. And that really started the journey for me. Um, within after that, I held my first competition and then the next year we held another competition and then I really wanted to get that freestyle world involved. And so I came up with the Skyfall tour, which is like the first time ever that we've put the technical high diving together with the freestyle high diving and the freestyle stuff. Super cool. You'd really like it. Like, especially if you're into skiing and snowboarding and, and whatnot, because it's really skiing and snowboarding tricks, like big air tricks, like off of the, you know, platform into water. And so it's super cool to see the two together. And this year we did our, our first Skyfall tour in Park City. And then it was a pretty big success. So we just held one in the second stop in Fort Lauderdale. And I mean, the ultimate goal next year would be to have a five stop tour. And then 10 years from now is creating the X Games of the sky. Like we're talking base jumping competition, skydiving, like anything where you fall from the sky, like you can come to our tour and do it. Not to get too into deep, is this a ticketed event? So it, it is and it's not. Like our first event, it, you know, it wasn't. This one that we just did in Fort Lauderdale was. Uh, we're trying to just figure it out. I mean, to be totally transparent, like I have self-funded the whole project. So I'm just like trying to figure it out right now. So if anyone knows any sponsors and <laughs> wants to be part of the Skyfall Tour, we're looking for them. But well, yeah. It's we have no idea what it's going to turn into, but I have a good feeling about it. Well, that's why I ask because it's like this, this takes a lot of money to put on an event. It's not, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people outside looking in just think like every race director or race owner is just like printing money, and it's like, do you know how much money this costs to put on? Like, yeah, it's it's scary. It's terrifying. Do you think it is a viable business? I honestly do. And there's so many people that don't. But in my like gut, I know it is. Like I know there is – I mean it's back when you look at like um, – freestyle skiing and stuff like that. Like there was, you know, people that didn't believe that would take off and now look at it. Like it's huge. I mean, even the X games, like there was a lot of doubt in the beginning with, with things like that. And now the X games is huge and like athletes dream of competing in the X games. So, you know, for me, I think we're doing something that's never been done and that's going to be met with opposition and, and a lot of doubt. But at the same time, I think humans love to go watch other humans do crazy stuff. And that's what we're creating. So, you know, they'll come in, in my opinion. Yeah. I meant no ill will behind that. I just meant it. like No, I know, but I, I get asked that question a lot. People are like, you're crazy. You're literally investing every dime you've ever earned into like this, which there's no proof that it'll work and, and how, and it's like, I just know it's, it's going to work. There's just no doubt. I hope so. I will it in the submission. Will it in the submission? What, um, What's something you wish you knew prior to hosting an event? Oh my gosh. I wish I knew everything that I know <laughs> now. I mean, I got asked that question actually, cause we just, you know, hosted an event this weekend and someone was like, what do you, you know, what do you think you could have done better? And I was like, everything, like, what do you mean? <laughs> like literally everything could have been better, but I'm also really picky. But, but I think for me, it's the biggest thing I've learned is like, if you believe in something and like, you are doing it for the right reasons, it will work out somehow. You might not know how, <laughs> and it might not be how you thought it was going to work out, 
But somehow the universe aligns when your intentions and your heart are in the right place. It always works out somehow. So I wish I would have known that because I think I would have trusted what I was doing more and not gotten so caught up on like really little details that maybe weren't as important in the grand scheme of things and put my effort kind of in in more important places. Yeah, it's a it's a shit question, so I apologize, but it's also you know, it's it's terrifying. It's one of those things like what is um do you ever watch The Prophet Marcus Lemonis? It's like it's people, product and process. Those are like yeah. the those are like the three Ps to a successful. And it's like okay, you people, you need athletes and fans. You have a product that is like I think the the neatest thing about cliff diving and high diving is it's all highlight reel. Like football, we watch 60 minutes of football and there's like, I don't know, let's say 30 seconds of highlight reel. Yeah. All of cliff diving, high diving is highlight reel. Even though it's two seconds, 24 athletes, like there's your minute of, even if it goes bad, it's a highlight People like reel. the bad stuff more sometimes. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, like, if it goes good, it's a highlight reel. If it goes bad, yeah. some of the Still videos, you know, some of the videos you watch, they like, it like, it like affects you like in your gut. You like get dizzy. You're like, whoa. Like you feel like you're on a roller coaster. That's not something yeah. that most sports give you from watching. Totally. It's, uh, it's terrifying. I'll never understand it. I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just like would never, there's like a limit for me. It's like 30 feet. Good. That's my height. And I just jump so let's in. Let's get you up 33 feet. I could do 33. Up a little bit. You can come out to Florida. I would jump you. off whatever. I don't care. I'll just pencil <laughs> dive. Is pencil diving fine? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a pencil diver. Pencil dives are great. That would be my move. Maybe a big like salmon. Like header okay. off the top, and then <laughs> one final like into the, but that'll definitely smash my back. But that's fine. I'll take the sacrifice. Okay. I will do it if I go to Florida, which I honestly hope I never go to Florida ever again. Sorry, but well, you you can come to Park City. Park City, I'll be there. <laughs> Park City's okay. Florida, I don't think I have a big audience in Florida, but if I do, I'm sorry. I don't really need to go there. Uh, let's talk about this clean cliffs project. Are you, you're an owner yeah. of this as well? Co-owner, owner? Uh, yeah. Founder. I, I don't know if I'd call it owner, founder. founder. Okay. Yeah. You know, I woke up this morning and I saw dew on the ground, which means fall is coming. It means those chilly nights are coming. And it also means winter's coming. And what better to have for these chilly nights and, and cool mornings when you're camping than a rumple blanket. There's a ton of blanket options on the market, but Rumpel's dedicated to the outdoors, to sustainability. They're waterproof, they're durable, they're cozy, and they're made with the same technical materials used in premium outdoor gear and activewear. They're on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets. They recycle over 5 million plastic bottles a year and offset their carbon footprint in any way they can. Their products are superior than every other blanket I've used on the market. And here's the thing. You can use them on your couch. You can use them in the woods. You can use them tailgating, heading to those football games. They're made to be used 
everywhere from the great outdoors to the couch. Here's the thing. I've got a code for you, but right now, if you log onto their website, if you stop what you're doing right now, head on over to rumple.com. Almost everything on their website right now is 25% off. So like, you don't need a code. It's 25% off. They're basically giving it away. So head on over to rumple.com. Get yourself a blanket. Write the notes that Mr. Adam X sent you. I don't know what that'll do for you, but, you know, write it there anyway. Head on over, rumple.com. You know, blankets by good people, for good people, and, you know, and who people who care about the outdoors. Speaking of fall, speaking of winter, you know, now's the time that I, I really start buying gear. You know, I already bought myself the Rumple blanket so I can stay warm. And now, you know, I'm going out with my friends. I got to have good communication. Head on over to rockytalkie.com and check these things out. I mean, what are they? They're radios. They're the radios that you used when you were a little kid, you know, talking to your neighbor in the dream world when we saw on the Disney Channel. You know, you're, what are you doing? But here's the thing. They're lightweight. The three days of battery life, even in like extremely cold conditions, they're extremely durable. They've, they're super light. They've got a carabiner that hooks onto your waist loop. Here's my favorite thing about the Rocky Talkies. They're super simple to use. Like there's no good in having great tech if you don't know how to use it. And the good thing that the people over at Rocky Talkie did is they just really made it easy to use. Uh, Two watts, which is the maximum power legally allowed to be used in a radio without a license. The max range is technically over 25 miles, but what you can really expect is one to five miles when it comes to being in the mountains. I love it for everything from carpooling, you know, the, you know, someone's behind you in the car. We're, we're making a left up here. It's amazing for photo shoots, communicating. It's just huge guys. Communication is the number one thing in our life and communication in the outdoors could save a life. So head on over rockytalkie.com slide in my DMS. I got a little code, you know, little bit goes a long way. Check these things out. And you want some advice from me? Don't just buy one, buy two. I own two of them. It's great. Cause now I can go and take a buddy backcountry skiing or mountain biking, and we can have communication. I know they're safe. Maybe I'm showing them a new spot. Communication is key. RockyTalkie.com. Head into my DMs. I'll get you a code. Peace. I mean, really, it all started when when I had grown growing up diving. Like I always wanted to go to the Olympics, and when that didn't happen in normal diving, and I just felt like everything I had trained for forever like nothing came of it. And I felt so sad and disappointed. So going into high diving, I knew I wanted it to be for more than just, you know, getting first place or being the best because I, I knew there was obviously a chance that wouldn't happen. And if that didn't happen, I didn't want to be, you know, left feeling like I didn't leave any sort of impact. And so, I mean, going into it, I always knew I wanted to do something bigger than myself, but I didn't know what it was. I grew up in Kansas city. So not around the water, pretty clean place for the most part. Like, I mean, yeah, I'd seen the like videos of the great Pacific garbage patch and like the terrible things that you see, but like, you just think, Oh, that's the worst of the worst. Like that's not really what it's like in places. And then, you know, in cliff diving in my first year, I, I traveled to like 20, 30 countries, you know, in one year, having barely left the United States ever before. So it, it was a big culture shock for me. And I think what I noticed at every location was 
there was pollution. And I was like looking around the community and, and no one was doing anything about it. And that's how I came up with clean cliffs and the idea of like, let's just literally clean up every cliff we go to and make it look better and have a positive impact. And I held my first cleanup and thought no one would come. And the community was pretty supportive and actually came out and we started doing a bunch of them. And now we have our clean cliffs tour. We're doing like 15 stops around the world this year. And, you know, it's just, I think the idea is just leaving the, the world a better place than you found it. And if we all do that and we all chip in, I think, you know, it will make the world a better place. Yeah. It seems like such a crazy concept that we need to like, be a founder of a company like this or a, is it a nonprofit? I, is it a yeah. company? Is it just like a movement? Like it's more just like a movement Okay. in the community. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, pick up your trash. Don't leave your, I mean, don't leave your garbage. And I can't, I mean, the ocean is like, just, I don't think we'll ever get it back. I know that sounds terrible, yeah. but there's so many just, like microplastics and like it's in our water. We're drinking it. We're, but I do believe that is like a shit attitude of like, oh, we're never going to get it back. So don't do anything. It's like, well, maybe we can slow it down. For sure. A hundred percent. And I think we don't realize how our one action can actually have such a ripple effect on the rest of the world. Like, it seems like, oh, do I really care about doing this one thing? But it's, you don't, you never know who's watching you do that one thing that might then do that one thing. And then 10 people do that one thing because you did that one. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I think it's, it's just appreciating everything. Like to me, like people ask all the time, I'm like, I'm not an environmentalist. I did not go to school. I did not study plastics or pollution or, you know, how to fix the world. Like I don't have the answers. And, and I get hate online sometimes about it because I'm, I'm like, no, I'm not claiming to be something that I'm not. I'm just like, I, if, if the water is not clean, I can't jump into it and I don't have a job. So like, yes, it is my responsibility to make every place I go cleaner and better and, and leave it better so that we can continue to do what we love. But, you know, there really are those people that, that do know what those solutions are. And so I think for me, it's like, I want to be a, a, a gateway or a pathway or get people interested. So then the experts can tell us, you know, what we can do. I, and, and I will never claim to be an expert because I'm not, but I know that like, you don't have to be an expert to make a difference. Like it, it, we all can make a difference. I love that take because you're an athlete with a platform. You're going to get hate no matter what. Like it doesn't, you could be like, drink water. And people are like, don't fuck, don't tell me to drink water. You're like, it's just like a Literally. human thing that you need to do. You need to drink water. Yeah. Like no one drinks enough. That's, but I love that you're like, I'm not an expert. I don't claim to be an expert. And even like your project, the cliff cleanup, like, it's not even like you're going in with like, and may, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you're just like, let's pick up the trash we can see. Like, we're not even yeah. getting into like, what at like the tiny whatever's in our water or on the ground. You're just like, hey, your Slurpee cup is still on the ground. Let's just not walk by it. Yeah. Let's just pick it up. And someone on the internet found a reason to be mad at that. Yeah. 
that is like an insane concept to me. Like what, what's the, what's the like best, maybe like funniest hate you've ever gotten? Oh my gosh, there's been some weird ones. But I mean, in terms of like clean clips and stuff, which is totally valid, like I'll, I'll say it is valid, but you know, they, I get the hate of like, oh, well you travel, like you're on an airplane, like you, you know, you're, you're a fraud and it's like, okay, yeah, but I'm not flying a private jet. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I mean, they're like, I think we all, I don't think traveling's bad. I think traveling is like awesome. I think you can do it responsibly too. And I think you can do it in a way that, you know, doesn't harm the environment more than, you know, it has to, but I don't think we should all never travel. Um, I don't know. I, I hate getting into the airplane thing because people but, have really strong opinions on it. But it's so, you know, I just saw a thing about Taylor Swift and her, her private jet costs or pollutes, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But like, it also employs 30 people. And like, yeah. it also l brings like physical joy to like 80,000 people a night. Yeah. Like we haven't had a Taylor Swift type of like artist phenomenon in years. Like since like probably like the Rolling Stones where they could like, she could like physically sell out arenas. Yeah. Without it's crazy. Like who's opening for Taylor Swift? Is there anybody? Does anybody Does know? Open for Taylor Swift? Exactly though. Like she doesn't need like the mega tour to sell out a place, which is just yeah. the power of Taylor Swift, which is phenomenal. But it's also people are like, well, but her plan. I'm like, you wanted to drive her Civic there? Like that doesn't like it's not a realistic thing. And the offset, and like I can't even imagine like the dollars she donates in general. Yeah. But it's just like, people still need to live. You still yeah. need to live. It doesn't mean like you fly in a plane. Like you could, everyone just needs to do their part. I, like I'll never, I'm so tired of that argument and the, the argument of, you know, and I do it to myself. Like, okay, I have a Prius. Great. Like, am I saving the planet? I don't know. I just have like a, oh, it's a 2010 Prius. Like, it's not like a. I'm not like a pompous Prius driver, but like, I also like love driving my two stroke dirt bike through the woods, but yeah. like, that's okay. I also have a van that like crushes emissions and diesel and like, but like you just do your best. It doesn't mean you shouldn't. Yeah. I fly for work. I don't understand. No one can call people out on this. I'm so yeah. Like anyone who's listening who calls people out on like being environmentally, like w look at your impact. It just, yeah. the whole world, this is a rant. I'm sorry. This is about you, but no, this I whole world it. is I like full. So it's like, well, it's just hypocrites. Yes. It's just like, and we're all hypocrites and that's okay. But like, you're talking to a human. Like, I don't care if that person has a thousand followers, seven followers or 10 million followers. Like, they're a human on the other side of that. And they're just trying to navigate this like insane world the best we can. And like, yeah, I'm really tired of greenwashing. I've been on like a whole kick about that. And like, I can't go to the supermarket and get a plastic bag. Okay. That's fine. Like I get it. Okay, great. Plastic's bad. Yeah. We know that. 
But like then I buy like a steak that's like in like this weird styrofoam like thing that they still exist. And then it's wrapped in plastic. And I'm like, okay. And like you go to the butcher, he gives you a piece of paper, probably better. Great. But like you buy an individual apple and it's like wrapped in plastic. And you're like, what? I always find that one wild. Like I can't get a plastic bag. Like I can't get a plastic bag, but like every, I bought cereal that's in a cardboard box. That's then in plastic. Plastic. Yeah. And I can't get a plastic bag. Like this is like, (laughs) and I get it. And like, I'm probably wrong and someone will be mad at me, but I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm a person that like gets a plastic bag and uses it for like, my van trash can like a thousand billion times and like yeah is it bad probably but like i need that's something i need i don't need my steak wrapped in plastic i need the plastic bag yeah like i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this rant other than like everyone's trying their best and i'm tired of the green washing and i think and that doesn't mean i'm anti-green it just means like try your best like if you're going to dinner, try carpooling versus all driving your F350s to country night. Like, yeah. That might help. Maybe. Yeah. But like You know what? You might have more fun hanging right. out with your friends a little bit longer. But like, like you still have to, dri- to it. You still have to drive to work. You still have to do these things. You still have to fly for work and like it doesn't make someone a bad person. Like just Yeah. Everyone's just trying their best. Sorry, I went on a tangent. I'm just like so tired of like the calling out athletes. And it's so one-sided, right? It's like Tom Brady's the goat. And then it's like a cliff diver who like picks up garbage when they go like somewhere. And they're like, you're flying. And you're like, Tom Brady hasn't been in a car in 10 years. Like he takes a helicopter from like the Hamptons to his, to the, to the actual plane. Like he didn't drive there. I'm just tired of it. Uh, Sorry. I agree. No, it's it's so accurate. It's crazy. What, do you have any hidden talents? Ooh. <laughs> no. None. Not, not really. None. Everyone knows all of your talents. Yeah, I mean, I my talent is like I just work. Like, it's sad. It sounds really lame. But, like, I can just work for days and hours on end and and I work. I don't really have any, like, weird, fun hobbies. I'm, like, trying to find a hobby right now so that I don't work too much. But, like, are you – do you mountain bike? Do you road bike? Nope. Skateboard? Can you kickflip? Nope. I think you should learn to kickflip and just document it. <laughs> I know I that would be fun I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel where I like actually and it, it kind of got sparked out of the fact that I like don't do anything other than dive and work and so I was like maybe I'll start a YouTube channel where I go learn other things and then like take them cliff jumping so that that might be in the works right now <laughs> that's a, so I it, might have more hobbies soon it is a hard one though like I every time I talk to an athlete I'm like oh do you do this and I'm like well I used to like if I roll my ankle doing that, then yeah. I can't do that. I can't like, compete, and then I can't make money, and then I can't stay on the tour, and then it's it's weird. The older you get, too, I'm like, I see myself doing it more, and I'm like, I just have fun a little bit. You don't have to be so serious all the time. It's risk reward, right? Like it's just, yeah. I'm all for having fun and like pushing my skill set, but like if I get hurt and I can't do said thing i don't know what i do but like if i can't do whatever i do 
It's not worth it. Exactly. What? Risk versus reward. Calculated risk taking yeah. is the key. That's it. That's calculated risk. What is something you wish everyone knew about you? Ooh, that's a really good question. Why didn't you <laughs> warn me with this question? It's a- well, I can't have you think about it. <laughs> something rolled through your brain that you filtered out right there. Well, I mean, I guess it did. You caught me. Um, I mean, I think when, like, the position I'm in right now of, like, being an athlete and also trying to kind of host my own events for other athletes and trying to do a lot of different things. Um, like, I actually watched this documentary on J-Lo, and I used to not really like J-Lo. Like, I kind of thought, uh, like, whatever. But then I, like, watched this documentary, and I'm like, she really can do it all. Like, she can dance, she can sing, she can act. Like, is she the best dancer on the planet? I mean, I think a lot of people think she is. I, I don't really know about her dancing, but, <laughs> um, but, but like, can she act? Yeah, like she's been in really good big movies. Like she can do so many different things. And I think today, a lot of people don't like people that do different things. Like, it's like, stay in your lane. Like, here's your lane, be in your lane. And so I think I do feel sometimes like I get a lot of pushback of like, what are my intentions of, of things I'm doing? And I think at the end of the day, I'm like, my intentions are really pure. Like, I don't want to be just the best. I don't want to be number one, the best cliff diver. Like, I don't just want to be picking up trash my whole life either. Like, you know, like, it's like, I, I really enjoy the balance of all of the things that I do. And I think that when you do multiple things, people can wonder what your intentions are, if that makes sense. No, I like that a lot. So for me, it's like, I just wish people knew, like, I literally just want us to all be happy. Like, I feel like so cheesy saying that, but like, like, let's just be happy and make the world a better place and stop being so judgmental of everybody and like support each other. Like, like we literally support like Taylor Swift. We would, people would die for her. They tattoo her picture on their bodies. But like, would you be there for your best friend when they called and they were having a meltdown? Like, would you really be there for them? And I think we lose sight of that a lot. Yeah, I wonder why. Like, I wonder, because we all do it. Like, whether we want to or not, like, I like to think I'm a good friend and I'm there all the time. Um, But it is funny. Like, you, we idolize these people we've never met. And then these people we know or see, maybe we just take it for granted. Maybe they're just like, because they're there, they'll always be there. Yeah. Versus like, I mean, Taylor Swift's playing a song and people are just crying. Like, they're just like... (laughs) Which is like so cool. Like it's just like this human emotion that just like overtakes you. And like, you know, music's a time machine. So it like takes you to wherever you were at that time. Like I hear a song yeah. and I'm like, I just found an old iPod and I'm like, holy shit. Like, like an actual iPod. Yeah. And I'm like, I plugged it in. I'm like, this thing's great. It's got all these classics. And like so many people have DM'd me and like they, the songs that they listed that were like, oh, there's probably so much AFI and yellow card and like something corporate. And I was like, you got this is literally what's on my iPod right now. And like, it's just cool because it took everyone there. And it was like, they were all listening to the same garbage that I was listening to 15 years ago. Yeah. But like, I don't know how I got in the, I mean, I just like, it's so neat and it's so crazy, but it sucks that like the people who are sometimes in our lives every day, we like hesitate to take a bullet for 
but a stranger who I think, it's, I think it's disappointment. I think we are so scared of being like, we can invest everything in Taylor Swift, but like we know she, the likelihood of her ever knowing who we are is like non-existent, but it's like being disappointed by the people that you love or that love you is like, people are so scared of being hurt. Like Taylor Swift can't really hurt you if you never really know her. You know what I mean? That's a great Whereas, point. Like, the people in our in our life closest to us, they like have the ability to hurt us. And like, I I mean, I, I've been engaged before and, you know, ended ended my relationship with the person I thought I'd spend the rest of my life with. And and it's like and it really but like doing that was like the best thing for both of both of us. Like we were both gonna live better lives because I mean we had each other and then we and we left. But it's like we're so scared of having that like connection and losing it that we don't even try sometimes. And it's like, it's crazy to me and it's sad. And it's like, even if you do get hurt in the end, like what what came of that time is beautiful and awesome. And like everything teaches you something. That's a, you have such a good head on your shoulders. Like that is so, well, thank you. that is like bumbling idiot says Ellie Smart has good head on her shoulders. No, like it's such a, that's such a great way to view things and look at things. And like, I like to think I have that mentality and you know, people always say like divorce is bad or like, and I'm like, divorce is great. Like two people didn't get along and they like moved on and like probably yeah. have better lives now. And like, you know, calling off an engagement, holy shit. Like we have to dip into details, but like, that is like, I I'm willing to bet that both of you, are in way better positions now than you would have been if you had stayed together. Oh, a hundred and a hundred and fifty percent. And like, you know, he's he's in a relationship with someone else now that he he really loves and they're like actually really cute together. And I haven't met her, but you know, I, I know that it was, you know, at the end, like a lot of really great, beautiful things came out of it. And like I'm really a big believer in not regretting anything. And, you know, sure, like if you choose like there are certain things we are like choose and they're maybe not the best decision, but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, like, you know, if we went into it with good intentions, like something will come of it that is positive. Yeah. It takes time. I mean, time heals for sure in any totally. scenario, but it's always like, you know, think about the most heartbreaking thing that happened to you when you were 18. Now and you're like, Oh, okay. Like that. I learned I'm a better person from it, whether it be, it doesn't matter relationships or jobs or like, it's just all part of like the timeline that creates the person you are now. Totally. Now that we got real deep, I'm going to get into real, some <laughs> dumb questions. Um, playlists or podcasts. What? Playlists or podcasts. Ooh, I like both. Give me the podcast that you listen to. Like, what's the repeat podcast? So Michael Gervais, he's a sports psychologist. He, I listen to his podcast all the time. He's so cool and he's so awesome. But I also, um, there's a guy named Steve Furnick. It's not, he's not a, he's a certain, like he does sermons online and his podcast and I love it. And it's so good. And I actually like send it to all my friends, whether they're religious or not. Like you don't have to be like super religious. Like just the messages are like, they're just like, great. Like everyone should hear them. Like it's not all Bible and preachy and you don't have to, you know, sit there and be bored. Like right. it's like, it, it makes sense. 
So Steve Furnick is definitely like my number one person right now that I'm like on a, on a kick with and everything he says is just awesome and so relatable. And what about music? What's like the, what's your go-to album or like even oh. genre? You don't have to say, you don't have to give me like a artist if you don't want to. I mean, I feel like I listen to everything. It totally depends. Like yesterday, like totally was having an event come down and just like listening to sad songs. And like, it <laughs> felt so good. <laughs> like I just was like sitting there sad. Like I love, like I'm embracing the sadness I'm feeling after this come down of this big event. Um, so it really just depends. There's other times I'm like, I really want to be like super stoked and excited right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I really listen to a range of things. Okay. Uh, pool- I like country. Oh. This is a controversial. I feel like country music. I'm everything but country. Oh, it's you didn't give it a real chance, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to like country. I know that. Like, I don't. It's the fake. It's the fake draw that does it for me. Like, okay. none of those people talk like that. I feel like <laughs> I could be a world. Cool. I feel like I could be a world famous country star like tomorrow if I was just like, like dog dying like wife something tractor and like shitty truck you didn't even say beer no well i don't drink so they would call me out they would call me out i don't drink so i gotta stay true to my brand but like that's it like you're just like okay and america you gotta like sing about america a lot and like Talk about how you love the country, but like wear a flag shirt all the time, even though like you shouldn't like don't fuck with the flag. Like they love like let's fuck with the flag, but also be like super American. (laughs) I never really thought about that. Like it's like one of like the rules of the flag is like don't fuck with the flag. I don't know what the proper term is, but like that's what it is and then they're like check out my made in china american flag crocs like i'm american like make sure you buy your guns i'm like what <laughs> like what how do we get here like you're not supposed to wear the american flag. and then they're like what if i take the american flag and then i put like a punisher logo on it now i'm just categorizing everyone <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm gonna get canceled that's why i can't go to florida okay um Country music, okay. I guess you can have it. I'm not. I'm not mad at you for it. I'm just judging everyone else for listening to it. Well, I think it's just like I'm like a hopeless romantic, you know. Like I really believe in that. Like one day, maybe you just like meet someone. Actually, one of my one of my good friends was just telling me a story about his sister, and I didn't know this story, but it's the cutest thing. And I'm like, I want it to happen to me. This guy was on TikTok, and he was like, he basically was like, I want to meet my wife, like send me a video of why you think we should get married and I will fly you to Vegas and we're going to get married. And so my friend's sister submitted a video of like, Hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, I think we would be a good match because blah, 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 like fly out to like where she was and let's drive. Cause she had an ambulance. Let's drive my ambulance that she had converted all the way to Vegas and get married. Three years later, they're still happily married. Come on. Yeah, and they met from, like, him literally just making a TikTok, like, I'm trying to meet my wife. Like, everyone takes life too seriously. And I'm like, I want that to happen. Like, I mean, you have the platform. That that's going to happen with? You have the platform. You could do it. I'm, I would <laughs> – I think you should do whatever. Follow your heart. But, like, if you did that and then just, like, your DMs would be 
I would like pay to read your DMs of just like creepy <laughs> like humans. And like sometimes it's like, God bless you, shoot your shot, buddy. But like sometimes you're like, this is a human you're talking to. Like this yeah. is like, that would be but that is cool. Like there's that that stupid show, Love is Blind, and they like don't see each other. They just talk yeah. to each other and then they have to propose. If you like look at statistically, like how many of them are still married, it's like more than not. It's pretty like Yeah, there's some cute couples from it. It's blanking on their name i think it's like cameron and someone that were like so cute from it i used to be obsessed with that show i watched season one i got like roped in i'll i'm it's on me i blame jess but like i was watching it i just had jess there to like my buffer that i wasn't watching it but like i was watching <laughs> but it's like i'm just like it's a human experiment and it's so interesting and it's so crazy and bizarre but like life works out sometimes and that's it's awesome. I don't know. But yeah, you should do it. Just put it on your put it on your Instagram and just trying to get married. No. You're just gonna like crash Instagram. <laughs> Maybe Kim K would. I don't I don't know if I would uh make much of an impact in that. <laughs> I think you would be I think you'd have your most successful day on interactions ever if you posted something like that. <laughs> You would get thousands. I'll, I'll do it next time. I need a big brand deal so I can show that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Here's my engagement in the last week. Here's my engagement of the past month. Uh, fruits or vegetables? Ooh, vegetables. Odd choice. Text or call? Nah, text. Comedy. I'm or... not good at either. Oh. But you probably know. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you are, like I think I said it to you, like par for the course. Like, you guys have so much shit going on and like I like I'm media like hey do you want to take two hours of your life and like shoot the shit on like your super busy schedule and so I get it you are you are more than normal like most athletes everyone listening Ellie was like I shot her DM and then she was like hey text me I texted her and like heard nothing for like a week and then I had a DM her and I was like hey I texted you you didn't respond and she's like I'll respond and then finally we got here but like that's normal like it and it was like the busiest weekend of your life, presumably. So that is true. I'm going to blame it on that. It's fine. I don't, I won't, <laughs> I'm not upset. Um, comedy or horror? Comedy. Waffle or pancake? That's a tough one. Yeah. It's like really depends on your like mood. Like they're so similar, but so different. Like it's a different vibe. <laughs> you have to pick one. <laughs> Waffle. That's the right choice. Coffee or tea? Ooh, uh, coffee. This is my last question that I ask you. It's a very hard question to answer. So my advice is the first thing that pops in your head, but this is oh, up no. to you. I'm already overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> if you could cook a meal for anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you cook them? Can I hire a chef? No. You can have a chef. Um. Okay, I really want to meet Oprah. I've put this out there, like, everywhere. I feel like that's obtainable. Interviews, but, like, I really want to meet her. So I would cook Oprah a meal. And I feel like I would kind of go low-key with something not as fancy because I feel like people try to impress her a lot. So I'd make it more, like, I don't know. I can't cook, so that's Well, you have to. You have to tell us what Maybe. you're cooking. 
maybe like I can cook chicken. Maybe like we do like a a lemon chicken or something. I don't know. What about our side? I need the full dish. Meatballs. I need the full dish. So lemon chicken. Okay. Vegetable. Some sort of like vegetable. Like I like asparagus. Most people hate it. Um, I also love Brussels sprouts. Two controversial vegetables. Those are the best vegetables though. Yeah, I know, but a lot of people hate them. Yeah, but fuck them. Um, so we'd make we'd make that, <laughs> and then maybe we'd do like a potato or like a rice. I'd have to like ask her like assistant what she likes. No, you can't ask her. That's the thing. You have to like prep the meal for her. Okay, then we'd go with rice because it's easier. Okay. Yeah. Like I would do like Guy Fury, but I'd make him like a terrible. I'd make him like a a boiled hot dog and like a cheese stick. <laughs> Because that would be the interaction I that. that I My would. dad is a huge fan. My dad's a big like chef guy. He can make the best ribs of your life. So um, we watch a lot of food shows together. Yeah, I would. I would just want to like. I would want them to question if they are being pranked the whole time. I like that. That's like the situation. So, like, would they be being pranked, or like, can you just not cook? No, I can cook, but like, I would be like. Because I think people like he would be expect to be like impressed, and I would just be like, for sure, he would like because he has all these like I can't compete with the meals that he's had. I mean, now you're just limiting your abilities. No, I just have overcome fears. Like you never know, man. Like you could become the next. What is that show, Chef? I don't know. It's not going to happen, which is fine. But like, I would still. That's my superpower. Is like, I'll come out of that, and that guy will be like. I'll never forget this meal. He'll forget that all these true. amazing meals. He's not going to forget when like he gets served like a maple hot dog, like a hot dog boiled in maple syrup with Why like Does that weird sound kind of good? It's so good. I'm I wouldn't like, I like that actually sounds It's a good. thing. It's a thing. You get like good maple syrup, not like not like sugar, like pure get pure maple syrup and boil a hot dog in it. And yeah. it is like it sounds disgusting. Or like if you're doing like a cocktail party, you can like put it in a little crock pot with like the little cocktail wieners and just put maple syrup in it. It's so good. Like I'm not lying, but he'll never forget it. it. I'll send you a picture. Uh, please okay. do. He'll never forget it. And then do like, I don't know, some like bad side, like, a, I don't know. And I would try to find like, remember when they had like purple ketchup? Like I'd try to yes. find like an old green ketchup or something to stress him out more. Okay, I like that. That would be my. That would be mine. I wouldn't forget that. So Oprah, lemon chicken, rice, Brussels sprouts, and asparagus. Yeah. What would you ask Oprah? Oh my gosh, I didn't, too many things. I probably would just like look at her and not say anything. <laughs> I'd be so nervous. I feel like you could meet <laughs> no. Oprah. Like you have. You have the clout to meet Oprah. Like she just like is so cool. Like she's like done so many amazing things and like told so many stories of so many people. And like, she's just so cool. Like, I just think she's so cool. I honestly am like stars. Like you asked me that question. I'm like too starstruck at like the thought of even getting to ask her a question. So I should probably work on what I would ask her. You are shook right now. I feel like you could get... (laughs) What does she do now? She has a podcast. She doesn't have a show, right? I mean, she like does every. She like owns the world. I feel like she She's does like magazines and TV shows and networks and 
orphanages and houses. (laughs) How old Oprah? I don't know. That's a really good question. She's got to be getting up there. Oprah age. I was literally just asking Siri. (laughs) Oh, she's got her book club. People listening are like, where are, where, seven, 69 years old. Oh, you got it. You can get, I feel like you have plenty of time. Like if she was like 80, I'm like, eh, I don't know. You're running out Maybe of time. Maybe not, but well, I'll let you know. If anyone knows Oprah who's listening, see if we can make it happen. It's like that story. Have you heard of that story of the guy who wanted to play basketball with Barack Obama? And he just like emailed enough people to the, like he got, to play basketball with Barack Obama, just like a random human. That's amazing. I feel I like, like you could do this. I don't think this is that unobtainable for you. Okay, I might have, maybe that'll be my hobby. Just <laughs> trying to meet people. Chasing down <laughs> Oprah. But you have to like get it together. You can't get flustered. You have to be like. I know, I'm like still flustered. You like, gotta I like slap her up. My face. I like girl crush. <laughs> That's always. That was always my thing. I was like, if I meet someone famous, I'm going to try to be normal. I don't know how you'd be like, but like, I'm sure people meet you who are like super fans and they're like, holy shit, you're Ellie. And you're like, yep. Like, and yeah. so, like, you don't like, yep. Like, that's not how you interact with humans. But we do that when we like meet someone that we idolize or like we put yeah. them on this pedestal. So I was always like, if I meet someone famous, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna like slap them up, <laughs> like, like I would like my bro. Like your best friend, you already yeah. know each other. I'd be like, well. Brad, so great to see you, Brad Pitt. Be like, how how are things, dude? How's how's the kids? Like, just totally normal yeah. conversation with him, and then walk away and have him be like, Do I know this dude? Who was that guy? That's my goal. Just that approach. Yeah, you gotta. Because you know they're going to ask their publicist, like, who was that? that? And they're going to be like. And they'll probably be really nice to you, too, scared that they don't realize who you are and that you might be someone important. Yeah, that that's the ticket. I love it. <laughs> um, Ellie, uh, this is kind of your moment. Uh, people to thank. If you have anybody to thank, you can thank some sponsors here. Where can people follow you? How can they, like, get involved in Cliff Cleanup Projects? How can they support what you do? Like, give give us your whole little spiel right here. Oh gosh, I don't have too long of one, but I mean, it's okay. I I get banned from TikTok, so you won't find me on TikTok. Um, but Instagram is my my go to at let smart, and I you know post everything I do with high dive global with skyfall with all our cleanups for clean cliffs. So that's the best way to find out all of those things and. We're always looking for people to come to events and help out and clean up and just be part of the community. So I'm sometimes bad at getting back to people, but I try to always get back at some point. So if you want to join in, shoot me a message. Let's meet up. Let's hang out. Let's clean some cliffs. <laughs> I know. I keep calling it cliff cleanup, so I apologize. Okay. Everyone uh, does. I literally did a, a interview the other day and that she called it that the whole time, but I said, maybe well, I just named it. Here's wrong. your second one it. doing it. So at least I acknowledged it, right? Like, I'm like, ah, shit. I'm like, hang on, hang on. We ha- I, I said I was done asking questions, but how'd you get banned from TikTok? 
Um, so all my videos, it says like, I have my page back now, but I don't post on it because it says like, I am promoting suicidal behavior and nudity. What? Yeah. So I get all my videos were like getting taken down. I had one that like, was like, okay, maybe I'll do this TikTok thing. And then it got taken down and it's just happened so many times that I'm like, I give up like the algorithm or the whatever AI thing that's looking at it. It's just TikTok's not my thing. That's right. I'm not a TikToker either, but that is so bizarre. Like I don't, I mean, there's so many insane things on, I understand it, I guess. And maybe have a warning, but like, it's clearly your profession. Yeah. Well, there's like, there's another girl I compete with and she's like, um, She's got a really big TikTok following and her videos like do really well and doesn't get, I mean, maybe they do get taken down sometimes, but so it's, it's interesting how just some accounts, I don't know. Yeah. It's bizarre. I get uh, that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Ellie, thank you. Thank you for, I mean, we chatted for a while here, so thank you. No, thank you so much for having me on and uh, shooting me that text and second DM because <laughs> this has been a blast. We'll, we'll have to chat again soon. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm going to hit end here. You might have to stay on so it uploads, but you are.